Hey everybody, welcome back to the TO Desk after so long. We are finally back with the show brought to you by 956 Productions. Uh, giving you a little bit of insight into the staff, what we've been up to, what we're doing, what we're thinking about the world as it is. Uh, today I'm joined by a couple of our regulars. Uh, Dippy, Kumabo, how you doing? I am terrible, no. It's, I mean, it's been, been busy. It's been I busy. Have time to play much of anything. Never mind fighting games. Haha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's gonna be the recurring theme that everyone in this call is is, is like fighting games. What are those? We're all playing Nikkei here, obviously. Um, and Corin, who is actually playing that game. Corin, how are you? Um, I just lost a boss battle, but it's okay. That's unfortunate. And rare appearance of Osu. Osu, what's up? I'm offended that you even put Nikkei in my vicinity. <laughs> No, but seriously, like every internal but, call uh, we're like, talking about Nikkei. What's up? But yeah, I'm around somehow, busy as usual. Yep. Uh, so oh, we're gonna twelve hour shift today, so it's all right. Yeah, we've all been busy. We've all been super busy. That's that's the recurring theme. Very busy. Very very out of you know just out of place. Just you know doing our thing, vibing. Um, but we should probably give a status update. Last time we did this thing was just kind of like a wrap up, just talking during Evo. I feel like, or after Evo, I feel like, uh, there's usually not a lot of retrospective stuff immediately after an event ends, like a major, because everyone's so damn tired. <laughs> so the fact that we did anything is kind of a miracle. Um, but yeah, this is probably, you know, the first time that we really had to sit down and, uh, talk about... Uh, what we've been up to since we announced our next event, which is the first topic that we're going to have today, which is Vortex Gallery Online 2023. Uh, so if you were at Climax tonight, I know I was, had a great time. I know I was here with uh, Osu as well. Um, we announced the next iteration of our online event uh, after doing it in 2020 and 2021, you know, going you know offline for 2022, we decided, you know what, the online thing, is so strong we have so much international representation we have so many people that we work with that we have to make it happen that even if we were to continue doing offline events we really had to make it happen so we we got everyone together and we announced 80 plus tournaments for the online event from the start which by the way is more than we ended on in uh in our 2021 online event which was the largest that we had right so 80 plus tournaments i feel like we we had maybe like three more than what we ended with in 2021 as an announcement lineup and uh yeah we ended with 81 once we added strive and then yeah we started with 84 yeah 84 oh. yeah there you go and so we and how many games have we added since the yeah so we've added a bunch of games since then uh we've been and there's more coming yeah too. we'll we'll get there in a minute but yeah we've been you know as we always do we decided to open up registration to kind of get everybody in there and and uh you know everyone's always like oh yeah where's my game you know like oh can we volunteer to, to get in there etc etc and it's like yeah for sure um and we always do it kind of in a two-step process right where we're like okay well this is the first one and then we're gonna do uh, our next wave of of line lineup right we always do lineup one and then lineup two but you know after evo where so many people came to us and we just had so many games that we were adding we decided that we should adopt that kind of confirming asap policy um into like our our basic kind of model for the online event so now as soon as we have an event that's like ready to go we know the people you know we know the names or we're confident in in launching the game we put it out there right away 
So to like answer your question, how many games are are not in our our lineup? So or or have we added since then? Let's see. So do we? I think it was ninety four, right? Yeah, we have ninety four. Sure. We have yeah, ninety four so sitting in games. our yeah in our like records right now. But I just be ten more officially. Yeah. Yeah, it's ten more. Six, six, six away from hundred. We're yeah, like like and those ninety four, are they are they the confirmed ones? Yeah, they are. Yeah, so, so we have ones. we've added ten more, and we're still working on more. There's still some more that are at being worked on. Like, it, it's difficult to really understate like how big of an event this is this time around. Like, how many people we've worked with before that wanted to come back or how many people want to create the the event even bigger and like some of the stuff that we're doing in the back end to really make the madness happen uh but yeah so again i mean if you missed it we're doing it from february 5th right is it february 10th to march 5th february 10th to march 5th that's four weekends uh of uh online tournaments so Friday through Sunday, every every weekend, we're going to be launching a bunch of tournaments. You guys are going to be able to register for them uh, pretty much up until the week of when they start. And um, this is applicable to North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Oceania. You know, we're working with events that are cross-region, like NA plus Japan or NA plus Europe or all of the Americas and stuff like that. Like, there's just so many. Um it's even a couple of uh, Emma events this year so far, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're, there's a couple of Emma. Yeah, Euro Europe is getting um, its own dedicated like events, and they're including EMEA. Um, and uh, that... everybody in Antarctica. Yeah. yeah, we don't have any. Ant we don't have any Antarcticas. But you know, if, if you want to organize something, yeah, if you're out there, you're trying to play. There's like yeah, that picture. Someone... What is that picture of like KOF like 2002 in like Antarctica or something? There's like a picture. Yeah, like a couple of researchers playing yeah. KO 2002 at a research base in Antarctica. Yeah, that that's a classic. So if you're trying to be that that crew, then you know, just talk to us. I'm sure uh, we would we would accommodate you somehow. Um, but yeah, uh, just to kind of give you guys an idea, like we have over 250 people registered so far in the early registration period. Mm -hmm. You can register right now for all these games that we're talking about. And what do I mean by like early registration is that we're going to have a schedule out showing you guys the actual weekend days that they all happen, what time, right? Everything. So if you just want to reserve your spot right now before the caps, right? For some of these brackets hits, you can just do it completely for free at start.gg slash vortex gallery. Uh, like absolutely, you know, no commitment. Try to show up. Obviously don't get DQ'd, but you can easily sign up and you, and then later we'll be publishing the schedule with all of these events. Um, and if you want to add your game or maybe you want to commentate for a game or you want to help out the community, you know, a lot of these very tight knit communities are, are taking part in this. That's how we're getting a lot of these niche games. That's how we've always done it. Um, if you play a niche game and you get really annoyed that none of the commentators know what they're talking about or just everyone's explaining the base premise of the game during the commentary for your game. Now's your chance to uh, be the guy who knows what's up. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Like we need. Like all the specialist people, all the people who are like super involved in their community, they always come together to make these things happen. And it's like, it's a nice opportunity for you to commentate or to help out communities that maybe you're not familiar with. Maybe you want to help out in a particular region that, you know, you don't really get to cover very often, get some unique perspective. Uh, that's there as well. And our volunteer forum is open pretty much until for main games or for, for game editions, I should say, 
it's going to be open until December 16th, so we've got about four more weeks. And then uh, if you want to help out with any of the games that we have already confirmed, right, then uh, you can pretty much apply whenever. Uh, we'll be announcing that cutoff much later. Um, so, again, we are planning for this in February and March of next year. We're already getting people in the door because it's like so many people. It's literally hundreds of people that we work with. So this planning starts early, early, early. Um, and, and you know, the, the quicker you can get your information to us, the quicker we can confirm your game, get that registration out there. Like I said, we already added 10 games to our lineup. We're about to hit 100 games. Like, that's a guarantee pretty much at this point for us. The question is how much more than 100 do we really get, right? Like, that's kind of, I think, what we're thinking about now. Um, so... I can say I mentally want to cap it at 120. Um, anything past that... Yeah, I, 120 I sounds like... To, uh, we have to add a weekend because, like, with 120, that's 30 games per weekend already. So that's something like, if we get anywhere past that, I'm just like... Yeah, so so if we get five weekends, it. guys, I will go to the Smash G banner where it says four weekends of global community tournaments. I will, I will open MS Paint and I will, like, hastily, like, scribble out the four and write, like, five, like, with my mouse... Right, and I designed the thing, by the way. So if you want to see that happen, then um, I don't know. Run a bunch of games, don't. But you know, like that could happen. Um, so you know, check it out. Uh, VortexGallery.moe for any info if you want to know who's running what, or what regions. Right, you can check it out. The website actually tells you, tells you all the games, and it shows you all the regions uh, for all the games. So if you're like, oh well. How many regions are we running Blaze Blue? All of them, to answer your question, but they're there listed out. And for those other games that have like a couple different regions, you can see like there's an NA one and then there's an EU one, right, for example. So that kind of thing makes it very easy to, to figure out what you can participate in. Um, other stuff. Uh, online 2023 information, we're mostly expecting just kind of like as a general update. We're mostly expecting to get our promo and our, you know, big uh info drops to go out in january uh that's when we're gonna pretty much have all the information that you guys want to know the schedules the, the the rule sets and you know wh what what kind of surprises we're gonna have planned all this stuff like all the all the info that you guys come to expect that stuff's gonna be out pretty much at the start of next year uh we are working on an immense amount of just to intake for people right now and, and on top of that planning the event as well all the the logistics and design of it um so super super yeah broken intake multiple times during this process this year just to let y'all yeah. know if you're curious <laughs> yeah. we have broken it many a time yeah things are broken a couple of times that's how it be uh but um pretty much just like stay stay tuned to our twitter for for us announcing new tournaments that's kind of what we're we're doing right now and just reminder that you have about a month left to bring in your game if you're thinking about doing that as well as uh like if you're part of the crew that's volunteering for that like get to us early um in the meantime though our rtos right that we work with they are doing their thing pretty much always um they're you know running a lot of the people who run our tournaments with us are people who run their weekly right online or they run a monthly or they help out with majors to bring you know side events stuff like that like just people who are in that culture already and so they're running their events like they're they're going to do vortex gallery in february but they're not necessarily just doing nothing in the meantime right and so one of the things that happened during the 2021 event was people were asking us like how do we how do we do events promoting vortex gallery how do we coordinate like 
a schedule or a promotion for things that are kind of like hyping up that community and driving interest and getting signups. And so for that, we did something called Vortex Gallery Volumes, um, which is our Road to Vortex Gallery event brand. Uh, if you go to our website, vortexgallery.moy, and you look at volumes in the nav bar or just scroll down a little bit, it'll show you uh, the Vortex Gallery Volume schedule button. Uh, you guys can see all of the events that are basically being run by RTOs uh, that are kind of leading up to the events. So, like, for example, like, if you want to play Kianta, the Kianta players are running tournaments, and, and they're taking part of that. So there's uh, Kianta events on the on the schedule. Or Guilty Gear Exard, which is, you know, they're having a European bracket. Then the European TOs, they're running their thing. Multi-Blood, there's Multi-Blood monthlies for Actress Again Current Code and Type Lumina. You can check those out as well most of these events have like some sort of matcherino they always have a stream they're you know they're being run by the people that we trust to run our events so they're they're really great for you guys if you guys want to get that practice in or you want to start competing in tournaments right away you know you just want to you want to play in tournaments you're not sure where to go we've got that kind of thing we also have exhibition events like there's contests and exhibition streams that we're doing and i want to i want to take a minute just to kind of recap some of the stuff that's already happened um as well just so that we can kind of shout out all the players and our organizers for doing that so like in october we announced this program at the end of october and all throughout november we've been running tournaments so first of all dan kuga battlegrounds ran on the 28th of october uh shout out to toast Rider for winning that one that dan kuga uh is running with us all these games that you guys are going to hear like they're open for registration right now uh on uh our star gg page so you guys have the opportunity to just sign up so like dan kuga they ran they run their monthly thing and for dan kuga battlegrounds number three toast rider was first place um kiata fight club ran a special kind of event that they called michelle manor shout outs to yellow swerve for winning that event it was like a special format um dawn of revival our guilty gear exert rev 2 tos in europe ran their rollback beta tournament during that weekend that it was running uh shout out to niffy for winning for winning that one uh that was a 32 player bracket by the way i think that was the cap um and then of course we have the melty blood monthly sonata for blue glass moon which i'm helping out with uh we had events for na type lumina and um current code for both na and europe so in that particular instance the winners were let me actually just pull up their standings here i have the so for north america type luna type lumina lucy uh came in first place for that one uh current code europe smo shout out to smo and uh current code north america soft drinks soft drinks did a great great performance at um uh climax tonight by the way uh and skeleton was in this bracket as well the champion of climax tonight for current code so this was a this was a strong bracket and uh big ups big ups for that win as well uh other other events that happened was the persona 4 arena ultimax 10v10 crew paddle which literally just happened a couple days ago um that was team japan versus team north america it was 10v10 again and team japan won 20 to 17 uh so big shout outs to them um that's pretty much the sum of events we do have a samurai showdown 7 tournament coming up uh, for xbox that is going to be on the 26th so a couple days uh from now on saturday if you are interested in that do be sure to check out vortexgallery.moe slash volumes and uh, we will be updating that with more events as rtos announced them so that's kind of the 
the way that we're building out the event to be beyond just the weekend, the month-long takeover that we do, as, as long as that is, right? Most most events like these, they run in a weekend. You know, they just pick a couple days and they do the whole thing. Now, we, we, we space it out to give people the time to play in as many games as they can, watch as many things as they can, just, just get that hype train going, right? Um, and we're really looking forward to it. Um, but I will say that this particular time slot of the year is very busy. Uh, there's a lot of events going down early next year. Um, not the least of which is Evo Japan. So let's let's talk about the news a little bit. Let's talk about Evo Japan really quick. Um, actually, Evo Japan. You know what's crazy is that Evo Japan doesn't even have like um, all that information on their official website, like on Evo GG. Like you have to go to their Twitter. I didn't even realize that until now. Even Japan has like their own Twitter account, which I knew about, but they um, they do like all their info through Twitter. So, Evo Japan official lineup is going to be Grand Blue Fantasy versus Guilty Gear Strive, The King of Fighters 15, Multi Blood Type Lumina, Street Fighter 5 Champion Edition, well, Street Fighter 5, I guess, Tekken 7, and Virtual Fighter Esports. Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. So, this is interesting. Um, I want to say that they actually added the last three games later is what it was, right? Like, they added, like, Grand Blue type Lumina. Yeah. And Virtual yeah, Fighter, right. like, later. So, you know, these games are very popular in Japan. Um, VF, in particular, getting another Evo outing. Um, so, this is a bit of a loaded edition, right, uh, Kumabo? A load? Well, I mean, it's all it's all relative, right? I mean, it's kind of a weird. Actually, the timing for Evo Japan relative to the pandemic and the release schedules went on is super weird because everybody, well, for Street Fighter, it's like what going to be potentially the last major event for Street Fighter Five. Um, we don't know. We don't know the exact I, release date for. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's just at the most, it's going to be one of the last ones in terms of like events that really prize Street Fighter as like their main event. Like, there's going to be other events. Like, there's going to be Frosty Faustings and stuff, but... Well, I mean, Evo Japan happens after Frosty Faustings. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it does. There's other stuff, but, like... Let's see. What what else is, like, near this time? Like, nothing, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, actual... Oh, yeah, because Evo Japan is, like, way later. Um, it's in yeah. March. End of March. End of March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, so you're absolutely right. I had it in my head. It was, like, way earlier. For some reason, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's in the end of March. So, like, yeah, this is probably the end of Street Fighter Five, like competitive events. This is certainly, this is certainly the send off for Japan, at least. I think yeah. that's that's the, the the for sure, right? Like Japan I mean, is. They're, they're gonna have their final, well, like the Street Fighter League, because I think they're doing that. With Japan, oh yeah, when is that SFL Europe Japan now? finals? When is that? SFL. And they're going to have March, the... March 10th, I think, or somewhere around there. Did, That's... Did, have they actually announced how they're doing the Capcom Pro Tour finals yet? It's, I think they did, but I'm not too sure. I can only find yeah, I... like I can only find like the US League easily accessible. Yeah, I actually don't know when the SFL Japan 2022 stuff is. I feel like I actually have no idea. That's a really good that's a really good point. Um 
I guess, like, but, like, that in particular, I feel like SFL Japan, that's kind of its own thing. Um, people are more interested in this in terms of, like, open tournament, like, ma like quote-unquote major stuff. Like, that's kind of what people see this as, like, the last major. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the events themselves are also in kind of a weird, but it's a very transitory period. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's coming out of the pandemic. People are trying to figure out what events are still viable, what events still exist. Like, there's a you bunch can finally of go to Japan again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, Japan recently, uh, as of early it, October, lifted yeah. their travel restrictions. I think that for... that, by the way, I think, like, I'm not implying that anyone know, knew anything about this, but I think it's crazy that they announced Evo Japan before that. Right? Because they announced well, I think Evo Japan. Okay, running Evo Japan is just for japan that's just for japan yeah out. i guess that would have had to have been like the assertion but that is kind of also like the way the tournament is set up is yeah, that it, it is, is kind of assumed to be evo just for japan plus a couple extra i i just i did see people very interested in going to japan for this particular event though i think international representation for for evo japan is probably i mean not probably definitely higher than <laughs> evo was this this past year asian Interest. Yeah, I'm, I'm also like, like I'm not even gonna say this like the talk shit on Evo Japan, but you also have to keep in mind like Evo Japan like traditionally once it's scheduled, it's also somehow scheduled around like every other random concert and event that's happening. So it's just like, well, if I can hit, I can hit up Evo Japan because I can also hit up this concert, that event, and that event all in the same weekend anyway. Oh yeah, so was it kind of one of those super bloated? Yeah, they're running against they're they're on the same weekend as a BTS concert. Yeah, is that true? <laughs> That's really funny. In the same city, yeah. Yeah. Ow. So people trying to get hotels got bodied. Yeah, I imagine. Um, but uh, at least they're in Tokyo now, so in the Tokyo area. Um, so Tokyo big site lodging. Oh yeah, man. It's. I don't even know. That's a huge venue. I mean, granted, I'm used to it. If you have never been to Tokyo Big Site before, I want to tell you now, I'm sorry for you. Um, I have been to Tokyo Big Site. They're comic head. It's like, it's freaking, like, the, the each area, each um hall is the size of an aircraft carrier. It's stupidly huge. Stupid big. Like, you are going to get all of the steps in if you care about your walking distance for the day. You will get a good 20K from walking that venue. <laughs> And there, there is a rail station right at the venue. It's just the venue is huge, big place, big, big, big place. I've seen those lines. Matter. They're they're wild. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter once you have to line up under the fucking rail station. <laughs> I was like, I won't forget. I won't forget oh, yeah. how long ago that was. You into their into their into their car rail cars, and yeah, I, I've been part of all that. It's a it's a it's an experience. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I'm sure even though they probably are mostly interested in addressing Japan with this, they're going to get a lot of players from traveling outside, probably who want to make like one last statement in Street Fighter. Some of these people, some of these hardcore anime players, uh, obviously Melty Blood and Grand Blue, we're probably going to see some people. Guilty Gear as well. Um, Tekken is also a thing. Tekken is gonna, also a thing. You'll probably get a lot of Korean players for Tekken. I'm interested in seeing the interplay of all the different Asian competitors for King of Fighters in particular. Uh, because if we get people from like Taiwan, from Hong Kong, uh, to show up like that, they play a very particular game in that region. So it could be cool, uh, to see the, the diversity of teams or it could, could not be, I don't know. I'm just interested in seeing, uh, international like players collide for that particular game. 
And even if it's like a lot of the same characters, like there's still different approaches. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think uh, I think that's kind of like the one thing. Like it'll be, it's always interesting to pick apart uh, regional top eights uh, for King of Fighters 15 because there seems to be so much variation. Um, but in this case, I mean, who knows what kind of talent we're gonna see there? I mean, that's kind of when one of the major appeals of these large tournaments in general is that you have all of these regional top regional players coming together and they're going to have different approaches and it's like the old cliche styles big fights yeah yeah okay so let's let's talk really quickly about um virtual fighter let's talk about no, vf uh, one more thing about evo japan sure go ahead uh, we get to the other thing that's interesting about evo japan is because they decide a lot of their picks based on lottery you end up with some really like out there picks for games that are featured oh that's for the side games mainly isn't it yeah yeah yeah, but so Evo Japan is probably the only other place where you'll see like Ranma hard battle. Hell yeah! Oh okay. Oh, so I I misspoke to say that Evo Japan does not have info. They have a separate website. I did not know this. I've literally never seen this until now. It's actually cool. It's got like oh, it's animations. Kind of a separate and stuff. event under like a separate. Orga- the, the way it's organized is weird. I mean, yeah. I was just like, I, I thought they had no website. They actually do. It's like a. It's like way cooler too. So like it's kinda similar to the main one, but it's like I'm looking at it now. It's got a... you can volunteer. Oh look here it is side events. Uh you cannot apply. It says <laughs> it's I, I just I just looked at this and I and I was like, okay, I'm reading it and then it says uh if you are interested, please apply now and then apply now is grayed out. Was there? No, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know how you apply to to run a side event at Evo Japan right now, but uh, uh, you do it a long time ago, and then they uh, pick by lottery. I think. I mean, there are a total of seven tweets on this account, and none of them have anything to do with side events. So I guess at some point they must have mentioned this somewhere. Um. Yeah. No, they've taken signups. I, I, that's how it worked in 2019, anyways. That there there was a volunteer sign up process at some point kind of, kind of similar to how we do it i mean sh- i'm sure i'm just like surprised that, that that you can't even like inquire at this point about it i don't i don't know no it's no it's too late it's crazy you're done you're, you're... Might be too early i don't know or i don't yeah exactly i don't know which one it is that's what i'm like trying to figure out is it too late or too early or maybe it's too early i want to nah, say it's too early you know where you're done that, that's that's how I'm seeing it. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're pro- you're probably right, honestly. Anyway, um, yeah, check it out. EvoJapan.gg is the website. Apparently, that's very on the nose. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Virtual Fighter. So Virtual Fighter is on the lineup. When was the last time Virtual Fighter was at Evo? Uh, in main game, main game. Officially? Main game 2007. There you go. Seven. Yeah, it's like it's been that long. There when was, was a, the exhibition. The, well, yep. there, it was an exhibition. There was a lar- very large and with a prize pool bigger than the main Evo games uh, side tournament in 2012. Okay, so 20. Let's like, say 2012 was the last time. It, it should have been a main game you in 2012. Know, either way. Right. Either way, at this point, it's over a decade. Over a decade. And you know what the crazy... And, and what was that? That was VF5, right? What version yeah, was that? Final so, that was Final Showdown. So the balance is the same. So we're playing... The, literally the we're playing the same game. <laughs> Ten years later. That that does not happen all the time. 
Um, well, no, that's ten like, more years. Ten more years of VF. I mean, I'd be up for ten more years of VF. Like, hopefully. We'll I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people probably didn't think about the the game's balance being old when they got into VF5. If you're like a newcomer, right? Like, you probably didn't think about that. The game's presentation yeah. is sufficiently modern. Um, yeah, and honestly, in a way, that's a good thing. This is all like if you ever if you go to VFDC, exactly, like, you, you go to VFDC, just... all that info is there. Everything Tons still works. Info. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how uh, when a new game comes out and people are like on the ball posting new info, and then like six months later, there's a huge patch, and then all that info is no longer any good. At but people are not as good at like collaborating all that info and getting it all posted up, so it just sits there, outdated, useless forever. Yeah, and some of it can be not going to happen with VF five. Yeah, not happening with yeah the final showdown information from a decade ago still applicable. Like, yeah, that's some really bad for some games, like what happened with Nitro Plus Blasters, for example. Like, I just remember that as an egregious version of that, because it's like, they put out a final balance patch, and it kind of sucked, and everyone was just like, ah, screw it, and nothing and updated. Too late. Whatever. And it's not like the game has good online, or not any example of games is playable online nowadays. It's kind of sad, but... Yeah, that didn't... That, this is the flip side of that. It's kind of like, well, I guess StarCraft Brood War would be the ultimate example of that. Where that's a game that hasn't been balanced in, what, like 20 years? These people, I mean, it's not nearly as big as it was, but these people are still grinding that stuff. They'll grind it till the day they die. I mean, are there any egregious issues with the final showdown's balance? Egregious? Uh, no. Other I than mean, uh, Taka being allowed to have arms when he's a uh, should not. Which is kind of funny because from uh, some recent stats I've seen, Taka is actually the least played character in the game. Good. The, and the game actually has it, and that, that speaks to the game's balance. The character usage spread is very evenly distributed like the high i think is like akira at like nine or ten percent um i mean it's akira yeah yeah, yeah yeah and like the lowest is like talk at like three or four percent so we got a game that's like 10 years old now and you know i don't want to spin rumor mills or anything but uh, I'm gonna quote the four the translation from VFDC of a four gamer interview where they say um, Aoki comments that he was offered. I'm paraphrasing a little bit just for reading. Aoki comments that he was offered to attend Evo, but he declined. Uh, he said that his reason for not going was there were no plans for a new game and no new announcements to make, so he did not want to attend with nothing to announce. So. This was actually a joint interview with Harada, in which Harada said that he also felt that he could not attend the tournament without having something to uh, announce. Now, it should be noted that uh, Evo, uh, Harada did attend, and he did have something to announce. So, one assumes that Aoki is attending. I guess we don't know if that's for certain. Uh, but if... Yeah, there's an assumption that people are making. Not, the assumption you know, not... people are making is that Aoki will be present... And there may be something here for fans of Virtual Fighter, uh, whether that be a new game or some content update to, to Ultimate Showdown, remains to be seen. I, I honestly think like it would be really nice if they announced. You know, it's probably very early the, to announce at least that there is another game in development. But I also wouldn't be surprised if there was a very like. Uh, a, a content update related to VF5 that's like very much on like the esports side, right? Like the Japan only like VF5 esports, like 
type of thing. Like maybe they do like yeah. another competitive season or they do like another that content update, likely. right? Like that could be a thing because that's the audience that maybe they want to address, just the Japanese player base. Yeah, there is still like a an audience of like esports air quotes diehards for VF in Japan. Like Beat Tribe has been going on for like basically forever. Yeah, I mean those are the VF lifers that have been playing for twenty plus years. I guess and, I do yeah. want to ask you about that uh, Kumubo in particular. Like, um, like what kind of competition could you imagine seeing for like, this kind of event? Like, like what what could I, what could possibly be the player base that shows up to this event? Uh, I think they're, well, I'm not going to say I've been following it super closely. Like I'm not, I've I'm probably not the person to ask in terms of what happens with Japanese players. I've always kind of been almost, like never really to follow and that doesn't, well, not the most detailed watcher or the most diligent watcher of mm -hmm. player bases in any game, not even just, not just virtual fighter. Um, but the impression that I've gotten is it's a mix of you know the old a lot of the old players that that have been around you know that they you know played final showdown and it's like well why would they stop playing but there's also been a fair amount of there there's been more new players that have popped up that now the game's actually available on a platform that they own you know that that, that is a fair bit of it it's just the availability it's just how oh, you can actually go and buy Virtua Fighter. Yeah, okay, you can actually buy it and play it now. Yeah, Not I mean, on PC unfortunately, but you can do it on PS4 and PS5. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, is it going to be like an all Japanese top eight, top sixteen? I don't, I don't know. Uh, what international all, all Japanese. I mean, there are. It, it, it's always been a very Japan-centric game. Not to say that there aren't yeah, strong of course. players in America, in Europe, and other parts of the world. There are. It's just, especially in. A Japanese event, you're going to have a ton. It's, it's going to be. Like, I, and I definitely don't know anything about, like, you know, it could be, you know, other parts of Asia, you know, Korea or Taiwan or from other parts of Southeast Asia. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a big toss. I don't follow it that closely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Who knows when Evo Japan will release their attendees? Uh, so, actually, how do you sign up for Evo Japan? Is it on? Is it on Star GG? I would hope so, right? Entry. It might not be. It might be Tonamo. Uh, okay, it's on Star GG. It's right here. That's actually that's actually surprising. Oh, they're wait, what? Their attendees are public. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> So I can tell you right now that there's 977 people registered for Evo Japan 2023. Huh. Already, damn. Yeah. Um, we have 80 people signed up for VF now that we're talking about it. Um, you can actually see the names of people, like right here. Um, yeah, I, I would imagine the, the biggest games, obviously, I mean, all the biggest games in Japan, you know, it's like Street Fighter, Tekken. Uh, I Sky. will I will tell you in a minute because apparently we have all the info. Um I'm just looking at this this list really quickly. Yeah, a lot of Japanese players. There's a couple of names that I've seen elsewhere. Um, yeah, there's a lot of it's, there's this. I'm 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 pointing out a couple of people in here that are like Western Virtual Fighter players that I guess are making the trek over. Uh, I wish you luck if you do that. Um, I guess very briefly. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive has 400 attendees. Um, Street Fighter V has 311. Tekken has 
169. Yeah, that's lower than Tekken, I would have thought. KOF has 115. Melty Blood Type Lumina has 140. Um, and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus has 116. So, pretty, pretty, pretty big spread. Guilty Gear remains dominant. One I mean, so, thing about Grambler. Actually, is... let me talk about this more important thing. Okay. So why specifically for Virtual Fighter? It doesn't say esports next to the game on Smash. Because that is actually part of the game name in Japan. Yeah, because so in Japan it's Virtual Fighter esports. Uh, e it's literally called Virtual Fighter esports. That's so uh, weird. But they, with they the realized... lower case D though. Yes. 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 But they realized correctly that calling it that in the West would get the game clowned on. So that's why it's Ultimate Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown in the U.S. It's the ultimate so. version. I did not know this, and this is terrible information. Oh, no. <laughs> and then they have Puyo Puyo because there's Puyo Puyo esports in Japan. Yeah, yeah, Puyo Puyo esports. And it's Puyo Puyo champion, champ, champion, champions. But I at least heard about champions. the. I at least heard about Puyo Puyo. I didn't know about this for Virtual Fighter. Like this is. It is the hilarious. exact same game. It's just a different name. Guilty Gear, Guilty Gear Strive in particular has a lot of international attendees and a lot like signed up. I mean, it's like, are you looking forward to? Do you need an excuse to go to Japan? <laughs> yeah, this is the this is just there's so many people here who's like, yeah, this is my excuse. This is what I'm doing. Especially post pandemic, hell yeah, and be like, say no more, <laughs> say less, bro. Before the yen makes a recovery. Oh yeah, that is. Oh yeah, especially for American players. Yeah, it's getting the flight is a blow up, but. The dollar is so strong against the yen, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this is the current state of things. It will be interesting to see uh, how big this event gets and what else they announce for it. And if you're trying to run a side event out there, then I wish you the best of luck because I don't know how you do it. But I assume at some point you will be told how. Or maybe you won't. Um, but good luck, either way. Uh, you know where you. Yeah, exactly. So, I guess um, the other thing on the docket in terms of news is sticking to the topics of 3D fighting games, just to kind of talk about everything that's been going on. I feel like I feel like fighting game news in particular has been on the low key. Um, I say that as Sin just got announced for Guilty Gear Strive. That's probably the biggest thing that's happened. Um, yeah, he's coming out in two days. It's coming out in two days. He's coming out for Thanksgiving. He looks cool. Oh, three days, I guess. Um, well, two, three days. Depending on what, are, what are we? Yeah. If you listen to this when it comes out, it will be two days. Um, it. He looks pretty cool. Uh, I don't really want to have too much to say about it. I don't think we particularly at this circle have much to say about these things. But um, the other kind of news docket that we wanted to talk about was uh, Team Ninja's future. Uh, this pertains to Dead or Alive in particular. Uh, so there is a conference, there was a keynote conference by Team Ninja for the G-Star conference is what it's called in South Korea. It, it was conducted by uh, Yasuda, Fumihiko Yasuda, that after after the release of Wolong, Fallen Dynasty, and Rise of Ronin, if you're not familiar with what those are, Wolong, Fallen Dynasty is an action RPG being developed for Xbox, and Rise of Ronin is a open world is what it looks like open world samurai uh, rpg being developed by uh them as well for playstation for playstation 5 so they have two exclusive yeah they, they have two exclusive titles being developed right now for each platform i, I don't then, think wolong is exclusive but that's already signed up for i game think Pass, it's i think, I think it's like wolong 
It might so, not be. I actually played the Wolong beta on PS5. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, because so I remember it getting announced for Cash. Xbox. I remember yeah, it getting announced for Xbox first. That was like their thing. Yeah, no, it's coming to Xbox, and they have Rise of Ronin coming out. It's on Game Pass. Rise of Ronin. I don't think so. I think that's actually PS5 PlayStation console exclusive. It might be, yeah. So, so and they're all coming to PC as well. So it's like, I just play on PC. Is it? I feel like Rise of Ronin is an op- is an exclusive. I feel like that one is definitely an exclusive. I think those are caught because nobody, not even Sony, does true exclusives anymore. <laughs> I mean, I think it's. it's I mean, just it, yeah, because it's like all of Tecmo's, all of Koi Tecmo stuff is on PC. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I feel like so Wolong Fallen Dynasty is coming out everywhere. Rise of Ronin, I think, is PlayStation, and then we'll see if it goes to PC. And then um, they kind of explained what they want to do after that. Now, personally, I feel like Team Ninja has been, or Koei Tecmo, I should say, really, has been kind of like really coming into their own with doing licensed games for like Nintendo and doing new IPs. Like they've been. They've been doing pretty good with that, right? They've been putting out Neo, they've been putting out um those warrior games with Nintendo. Yeah, they, they like they're making Hyrule money, Warriors, they're they're making the bag, they, right? So what yeah, you would they, not expect they, they is a a slide to show up at this thing that says that the the future of Team Ninja is to reboot popular series and they show two images. One of them is from Ninja Gaiden and the other one is Dead or Alive. So that their statement here is that after these games that they're working on, the future that they want to do is to reboot these two franchises. Um, this is interesting, right? It feels like Ninja Gaiden is a very particular aesthetic, but it does kind of feel like the new stuff that they're doing, like Neo and Wolong, like it borrows from that and it kind of creates a fresh identity for them to work on, right? But, yeah, and that's they said that was one of the reasons why they're like we're not making Ninja Gaiden. We want to work on something different and not with the same bag. Like if we made a new Ninja Gaiden, people have an expectations of how that plays. And they wanted to go in a different direction, and then made Neo. And the and that's you know the Neo two in particular is very good. It is a very yeah yeah like they they have had they have been doing very well just removing the shackles or or whatever they feel about doing these legacy IPs. Um. So I think if they're going back to Ninja Gaiden, and I think now, especially if the team with that experience, uh, they have the experience now, they could make a good Ninja Gaiden game. Definitely. Way I mean, I think they could. I think I think like, will the new Ninja Gaiden be good? I think the answer is yes. I don't. I feel like very few people would kind of like argue against Koei Tecmo's ability to deliver an action game, like. That that's what they do now. Like that's all they I, do. They because they're rebooting Ninja Gaiden now. It's or. I think that was the translation anyway. Yeah, the reboots is the word that, that is here. Certain uh, expectations, you know, Zach, I want because, like, let's be honest, Neo and Wolong as well, to an extent, kind of fits in the same uh, mold, not one to one, but in a similar vein. To yeah, how they're very Dark similar. Yeah, yeah. They're, well, well, there's that, but I feel like like Ninja Gaiden's like emphasis Ninja on Gaiden is on, not that. Ninja on, is on monsters and well no not really i mean ninja gaiden's emphasis is like monsters and mythology and you know like magic and so like that yeah, i'm thinking more of the mechanical stuff like, oh sure 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 ninja gaiden is much faster paced it is even more punishing sure but i mean like if you want to go to like souls like yeah i think the i think the team is is can deliver like the vision of the game but you know i mean 
FromSoft did Sekiro as well, right? And that was a completely yeah, different is... type of thing. I think they could do a similar pivot here towards like a more I don't want to say character action, but like a more fast-paced action game. Wolong yeah, in like particular a straight, like a dedicated action ass action game. Wolong in particular looks a lot more action oriented. Um, and I mean, they're doing the fucking the, the Warriors games right now for like Nintendo and, and like Fire yeah, Emblem Warriors. Like, I mean, they, like also... they have people who know how to do this stuff. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, I'm not. I I think again, a lot of it comes down to execution and the details and all of that. But yeah, they probably if they. So I'm gonna tell you what I think this all hinges on first, but let's talk about Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive. Um, I think this is, that's electric here. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that kind of people are very, you know, curious about. So okay, my thing about this is this. So like, there's no reason to do these reboots, in my opinion. There's just no reason, like. Koei Tecmo could do anything they wanted right now. Like yeah, they are in a they, really good position as a company. They're getting all the work. They're you know getting positive releases. They they got hype it, both in licensed and in original IP. So if you do this, you need to give it a budget. You need to not screw it up by just not giving it enough resources. Right. That that to me is what this all hinges on. Like you have to be willing to pour a lot of resources into making these games like the best they can be. They cannot be. A licensed thing they cannot be like a, a you know a double a quality game they have to be proper polished you know feature rich triple a games and i don't think they need to be triple a but they do need to be good that's the fun no, like, i think they the, i think was, they do that is the fundamental issue with what dead alive 6 was that game was just not very no okay so it was two issues that are related one is not a very good game it was nice not and shiny, a very, though. it was not no i wouldn't say it's that it's also doesn't really justify its existence in any way. That game does not do a single thing better than DOA Five Last Round. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I've heard about that's it. That's the, but that's what I'm saying. DOA Six does not have enough resources poured into it to make it outshine DOA Five. I agree with you. It's such a step down in terms of the package, right? So if you're gonna make a DOA Seven, right, whatever it ends up looking like, it has to, like fundamentally redefine the package for dead or alive it has to have good online like there's no way this thing oh, doesn't yeah, come yeah, out I... with amazing online like like people are like oh yeah you know koi tecmo they've never done rollback whatever this is gonna this is gonna happen i i feel it like this just waste their time they shouldn't exactly because you know what the thing is like if dead or alive they, they could just make another extreme game like right like they could yeah, just do that's, that that's that's kind that, of what's you know, in the back of my mind the entire time like if they're gonna do dead or alive like you don't have to fucking do a fighting game. Fighting games are full of exactly. Yeah. Fighting games are demanding, and the player bases won't shut up about having basic features, and they're just like whining to you about rollback the entire time. Like you don't do that without, and especially because like very few brands in fighting games have the ability to pivot like DOA. Like if they just don't want to fuck with any of that, they're just like, all right, we're gonna do a new extreme game next year. See you guys then, and they'll just make like a bunch of money, right? Doing that, and then, like, they could make people happy doing that, but they're gonna do. It looks like, right? Because this is a screenshot of DOA six that they have in the slide, a proper DOA fighting game, right? So, I think that this all hinges on them getting enough people, enough money in it, enough you know time of development for them to really make like the big full featured 3d fighting game that doa was you know because four and five are just huge like massive packages and there were just like so many revisions before that 
that, um, I feel like there's just no reason they wouldn't do that. Like, if you're gonna even do this, I feel like they know they have to go all in, like a hundred percent. They have to do it right, because I mean that's a lot what a lot of this hangs on. And as I gotta say, the issue specifically with Dead or Alive, you touched on this already. It's actually in two different angles, honestly. One being the game's presentation, because uh, the the series has always had a huge and well infamous reputation for being horny as hell. Uh, I mean, not yeah, words about it. I, I don't think DOA it, six is anything game. egregious, though. I honestly like I, now. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, it's like because Street Fighter Five's gotten worse. Exactly. Gotten exactly. Worse. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> No, but I would say that's the game. To, but Street Fighter doesn't have a beach volleyball game where you're trying to date the other women in the game. Like, I mean, it's not a thing with Street Fighter. I mean, I mean, we started this podcast referring to Nikkei, and I've been saying for a while that like once you <laughs> see all of like the TNA in these games for long enough, it, your brain just filters it out as noise eventually. Well, I mean, DOA Six's roster is not. I mean, there's a lot of swimsuit models in it, but it's not all that. Right, DOA is not exclusively that part. I feel like that. I mean, every time they've tried to relaunch DOA, they always try and like back away from that stuff, and I think that's kind of a mistake. I feel like their real late claim to fame and their name cachet comes from embracing that. But that's the thing. If they want to embrace that, they don't need to make a fighting game at this point. Like they 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 made Mila as like a um, kind of an attempt to like combat their reputation and their general image and then she became like the least popular character and meanwhile the anime characters they put in uh honoka marie rose and uh the new one who's only in venus vacation like became extremely popular characters yeah you you could you could be right about that i mean i i don't i don't put it past them to make an interesting roster i do think though that like they they need to lure people in with like a compelling game system and just like do interesting things. I mean, I think I think DOA six does interesting things. I think DOA five does interesting things. Like the there's a lot of very unique stuff here that I think people just don't really I don't look think, into. Well, no, it's not not that DOA six doesn't do anything interesting. I don't think it does anything well. Yeah, they they did a lot of the things in DOA six were a step down from uh, last round ultimate. What what was the final version of that called? Like the final final one? Yeah, last, last round. round. Um, and last round by the time it was last round was just, just such a complete and full package that like it was like why would I play this game? Yeah, over you have like round? a bajillion. There were like several different modes you could mess with. You had tag battles and people meme about the million billion costumes you could buy. There were Virtue Fighter good. characters in it. Yeah, and there were it had, it had my Shiranui, and she was actually sick. Yeah, like the the guest characters were really well done in DOA Five. Um, I mean, it's worth stating that when DOA Five Vanilla came out, like wait ten years ago, probably now, yeah. um, it was not received well. But then they made Ultimate, and then they made Last Round, and they kept updating it. Yeah, they kept iterating. They DOA Six did not get that opportunity, but. It, yeah, that, it was just such a step down from something that was already out. And that's part of it as well. So they, they put out a couple of uh, updates worth of content in DOA 6, and they're like, we're done. Like, they just bailed out. And they're like, really? Like, And that's going to hurt uh, trust. Now it's like, well, why should I spend the time trying to learn this game if the developer is going to bail out the first out of trouble? Like, I mean, they're not going to try to fix Because they could have done the same thing with DOA 6. They could have fixed it. Yeah, they could have. DOA 6 Ultimate, that'd probably be a much better game. Almost definitely, but they're not. They didn't do that. And and then you look at what they ended up making with those developer resources. You know, they made 
the Neo games. They made Hyrule Warriors, you know, the Fire Emblem games. It's, it's like, yeah, from a business standpoint, they probably made the right decision, almost certainly made the right decision. Because those games were way more successful. I mean, what, what, what were the contemporaries in the fighting game uh, arena around the time of DOA 6? Like, really getting a big push. Yeah, it was Street Fighter V, uh, Tekken 7 was kind of at its kind of on its denouement. Well, Dead or Alive um, 6 was only in 2019. Are you serious? Yeah, Million Arthur was new-ish around the time that came out. Because I feel like Dead or Alive 6 was a million fan. years ago. How was that yeah, only? Yeah, I was going like... to say, DOA 6 and Million Arthur feel like they came out forever ago. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> only been three years. It's They've been an interesting three years, but... Okay. <laughs> I mean, fighting games have kind of exploded in a big way since then, so I can see them like being willing to give the genre a chance again, even if they wrote it off at the time. Yeah, I mean, they uh, the what was, I'm forgetting his name, but the then director of DOA Six had since left Tecmo. And, yeah, but now they're it's like we're gonna have somebody else step up. Maybe that might be what it needs is a new direction. But as I think, part of the problem is also. Just, I mean, from a it doesn't need a new direction. I don't think. I think. No, I think no, DOA's no, I think identity does. is very unique in the 3D fighting space, and that they their whole fighting system is just unlike anything that exists. And the aesthetic that they chase after, the way that they design their stages, the you know, I I, I won't comment on the story or the characters because I think some of them are very hit or miss. But I think that they have they have something very recognizably them. Um, yeah. In particular, like stage backgrounds and character rendering, like that stuff is like that's their forte, right? And and so like what they need is one to probably make it easier to come in as a newcomer, because who the fuck knows what's going on in the story of Dead or Alive or, or what it's about or like what the game system is even like. Because like, never mind having to deal with you know 25 different characters that have 100 plus strings each and you're like well, how the hell do i block out i mean i think 3d like... fighting game players like that stuff i i think at this point like there's enough like there's been enough tekken and enough virtual fighter to i think i think people just kind of like that stuff now like yeah maybe it has a niche but that's a niche people seem to buy into so or at least the casual yeah, players who buy can't... it still don't care so it's it's cool i guess yeah, because they don't have to care. And I guess that's one of the pluses of DOA is you can hit buttons and stuff happens. I mean, DOA has also been like a technical innovator for a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, the way they've used it has been wild, but like they did sort of, they were one of the major innovators in soft body physics, which has been like a difficult problem in animation for like ever and still yeah. is. Yeah, and also with like, especially going back to like DOA 2, DOA 3. You know, the like way if you guys think Tekken Seven, like, like Tekken physics, Eight is gonna look physics. good, like fucking DOA Seven is probably gonna be like mind bending. Like that's kind of what I'm imagining. Like, like these DOA has an identity. It is it is technical prowess. The games are always beautiful. The fighting system in particular is very unique. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do about the characters. I feel like maybe people need to have some the characters presented in a way that are a little more relatable or you know just easier to parse as a newcomer like who's the main character what's the plot like who you know who are the good guys who are the bad guys i feel like as if you don't play doa you have no fucking clue what the answer uh, to those questions all, all are. you gotta know is kasumi is the bad guy because she's boring 
And the sooner all of the other characters get rid of her, the better the series will be. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the bigger question here. Like, what what is the what is the story and background of DOA look like for this version? Because like, even like, I mean, Tekken isn't doing anything. They're doing the same thing again. But like, Street Fighter Six, completely different, right? Like, completely different take on their universe. So, and it's like, even if you don't care about the stories, it defines the characters. I mean, I think and they should care. care about the care at every level. Care about the characters. Yeah, I think they should care. I think people do care about these characters. I think. I mean, not necessarily these characters, like the Dead or Alive characters, but they do care about fighting game characters. People want, people like that stuff. Oh, people get invested. Like, that, that's generally one thing fighting games in general do very well. So, I mean, I I just hope that they're willing to, like, ha- hire the people who know their stuff. Like, they're willing to innovate. Like, if this is the first 3D fighting game with rollback netcode, first of all, shame on you, Tekken and Virtual Fighter, for not doing it sooner, because this game is probably, like, three years away at earliest, right? And... Like, oh, yeah, and if it's the first game that does that, then we've got problems because that means at the very least Tekken hasn't done yet. Yeah, uh, that very le- oh. I, at the very least, that means Tekken 8 had no rollback or whatever the fuck it is that they are Tekken doing. I'm, I'm willing to bet that Tekken will be the last of the big 3D fighters who gets rollback just because Harada is digging in his heels so much because basically his entire life is people screaming at him for a thing and he doesn't want to give it to them. And honestly, I wouldn't want to give it to them either. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's one of those things where it's like you look at the business side of it, at least pre-pandemic, and you could kind of sadly understand why they didn't make that change. Tekken 7 got made like 10 years ago. Like, it's just like, the thing is, like, I understand why the game doesn't have good online. I kind of understand at a certain point, right? Like Back then, nobody was buying games because the online worked. I mean, the game was coming out in arcade first. Who gives a fuck about DGPO, bro? Like, that that was not the game that... That was not the world that Tekken 7 was made in. So I kind of get it. Yeah, that's like But yeah, that's the thing. That's the difference though. That's become an expectation. That Rubicon has been crossed. And you cannot come back from it. Now it's like Tekken 8. If Tekken 8 rolls out with the same net code that Tekken 7 had, that game will get memed into the ground. I mean, it'll get it'll oh, be it'll be memed to the ground. It'll sell seven million copies again. Um People are still buying. Oh yeah, people will still buy it. Oh, yeah, no, it. <laughs> yeah, but it's going like it's going to be a much bigger PR hit than it would have been seven eight years ago. Anyway, I um, mean, Street Fighter had like broken uh, rollback netcode for how many years? Uh, it's full time. <laughs> it's still broken, my friend. <laughs> still broken. I'm I'm so confused about Street Fighter Five's online. You know what? I don't even want to get into that right now. I have a lot of questions about it, but um, yeah, I mean my. First of all, uh, the source for this information is Free Step Dodge, who uh, translated the the keynote. Um, so shout out to them. Um, and I think this was corroborated on other. Like I think I saw this on Video Games Chronicle as well. Yeah, well, VG Chronicle uh, quoted Free Step Dodge, so they they are the the primary oh, source. Oh, so it's so so the primary source. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of where we're at with with the news. There's been a lot of. Uh, there's been a lot of mate like European fighting game majors. There's been a lot of Smash, like in the past few months. I've been kind of tuned out of all of it. Um, just I'm chilling right now, working on the event, just making things happen in the background. Um, that you know, if you're a Guilty Gear player, you finally got some food. Who knows when Melty Blood's gonna get the next piece of information? Who knows? I I feel like I don't I don't know what the other developers out there are really working on. Um, oh, there was the uh, there was the Katsuki 
uh, looked at. Ah, uh, yes, there was location test for I-9s. I feel like I would have added that in the thing if I was paying attention to it. Yes, there I is... I remember it too, don't feel bad. Yeah, well, I mean, first um, of all, I do want to say um, there's there's some information out there about those log tests um, that is kind of, like, leaked, apparently. There's, like, a some of the changes that were made are, like, leaked, and then there's some lists going around from Japanese players who, like, observed some things about the location test that changed from the original. Um, but, yeah, there are location tests. There's a Game Center Will, in particular, uh, has the YouTube VODs of it, like, them playing it. Um, so that's cool. The game is obviously coming together very quickly, uh, which is cool because like the game got developed like ten years ago. So that that they it is, it they ported rag. they updated it like mad quick, I guess. Well, maybe it's also it's it's weird because Subtle Style is with two people. Uh, Subtle Style is one person with a bunch of people that he talks to when he needs to work with person. them, and that one person works for his day job at French Break. Yeah, that's what we've always understood. Yeah. Um, so, so he's already working. He's he's doing double time. The new characters are uh, Valkyria, is the it's like a boss character. Well, they're not a boss character. They're like playable, but they're like a boss, like in the story or something. And then Robo Akatsuki is like a character by themselves. Their name is Inazuma in the in the character. I know that. So there's those two. Um, there's Mikhail A. Uh, fun fact: there was a poll. This is like a variant version of Mikhail. Um, there was like a poll on the um, CN supporter page where you could vote if Mikhail had glasses or not uh, in her character sprite. And the outcome of that poll, I want to say, was like 200 for glasses, 20 for no glasses, something like that. It was literally like 10, 10 to 1 stacked for glasses. Yeah. Um, so that checks out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got. I, I, I am a supporter of their their crowdfunder, their crowdfunding. So I do get their updates in my inbox. Um, do look forward to that. I actually had no idea. I don't think it got put on the crowdfunding page that they were doing the location test. But um, there are vods out there if you're looking for them. Like in particular, look up a uh, Game Center Will. I know uh, that's where they were doing it. Um, so what else? Oh yeah, um, Chaos Code still exists apparently. Oh yeah, they were, but that was they. They had updates for that. Was that at uh, that was at the Taipei Game Show, wasn't it? Was there? Yeah. I I feel like I completely missed. It. I feel like I would have another and thing CEO. that I would have talked about if I knew. Oh yeah, but, yeah. oh yeah, there was a, a playable build. So also on the show. Um, and I I don't I know if there was another announcement in Evo Japan because for people like for people aren't aware they had originally announced they had the announced that yeah. at Evo Japan 2020, right before the pandemic hit. And then the game got canceled. It got then, put on uh, indefinite hiatus, rather. Yeah. And, yeah. and that usually means the game's canceled. But it turns out it was not the case in this instance because the game has been re basically brought back into development and is actively being worked on again. Well, they were very candid when they told us it was going into indefinite hiatus that um, they were trying to do a big push to Evo Japan to get funding because they didn't have any funding for it. And, uh, they didn't get the funding, but it seems like they either found the money or found the will to make it because it development is pushing on. And it sounds like both, honestly. And it looks sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah they redid cool. all the key art for it and like a bunch of the sprites. I actually they redrew everything too, didn't they? Because it's actually yep. an HD now. Yeah, it's all it's the new old sprites, sprites are being remade. It's all new sprites. That's a lot of work, by the way. <laughs> One thing a lot of people don't know about Chaos Code is that that 
game was in development like forever. Yeah. So you can tell which sprites are from early development versus late development. Like Hermes' Her- Her- uh, sprites do not look as like shiny and polished as newer characters do, like uh, Ray or Lupinus, for example. Because they were probably made like almost a full decade before them. Yeah, the two. It was mainly the two Lin brothers, right? Yep. And now, for people, are, one of the reasons the game was canceled was because one of them is now deceased. Yeah, that was. Yeah, so it's game just game. Mickey now. Yeah, it is just Mickey now, and uh, I mean the game does look very feature complete now. There's only like two characters, is what they showed off, but there's like there's gonna be like a bunch more. Um. What else happened in the guest Japanese doujin scene? I know there's a new character in Easeloft 2 now. Um, there is indeed. It's a Speaking port. Of games have been plugging along forever. Yeah. So you can, <laughs> it's, Laugh, it's, a port, it's a port of Easeloft. Uh, they they literally brought in the sprite of the character from the first game, and then they <laughs> they updated them. They like ported them in engine, and then they started doing like updates from there. Is like what happened. Which is a cool way to do it. Serena, there you go, Serena. There's. Yeah, this character has a unique cancel mechanic, apparently. This is what I'm reading on the wiki. So, that game's crazy. I'm sure it will blow up once it's a little more polished. I really hope they do a Seam Early Access release for that game. I think it could do really good for the momentum of that game. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. think it would do better. It would get more visibility than the current uh, thing, which is. I mean, I you, think right if you're now. Subscribe as a Patreon, you can download the demo build. Yeah. I mean, I think right now that's a fine way to do it because, like, He's just kind of working on it, no pressure or anything. But yeah, like, it's super yeah. early, and when they when they feel speed, a little more early access to certain expectations at that point. Yeah, when they're a little more confident in what they have, I guess in terms of like the system in particular, in particular the multiplayer because yeah. it has rollback and everything. But it it does, it's very early early days for that implementation. It's good, just a little a little less stable, and I think people would want um for a Steam release. So and also figure out this because the systems have changed multiple times. Put it on itch then. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think itch, yeah, no, itch would make sense. I mean, I think itch right makes now. sense, but like the membership system does give them more consistent funding than it does just like uh, buying it on itch for like then pay for the new build. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, we just have itch as a distribution platform. I mean, if no, you don't. I mean, if yeah, if, yeah, just put it on if if only just so that you don't have to download it the current way, which is some web server that uh free sets up set up that has like this really slow download speed. Then sure, yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, free's probably yeah. losing money on that. I think free's case right now with that server specifically is the fact that it's fast as hell for him to upload to it, and he can just do it whenever. I mean, yeah, yeah like, I'm just saying it's like really slow like, to download builds from that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there, there's literally no like requirements to upload stuff to it. You can just push stuff out whenever you want. Yeah, and you can make things pay for or based on donation or free. Yeah. Um, pay what you want. Where is uh, one last thing I want to call out is that there is an update on the Flycast four-player rollback project. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. Let's yes. just talk about it really quickly. So there is an update in which the four-player rollback system, which allows you to play such classic games as Power Stone 2 and Guilty Gear Isuka, and I literally don't know which else, like the Spawn game, 
I think. Yeah, part of the demon yeah. hands. Part of the demon hands. Yeah, like I think there's there's a, this is a, there's actually a very small list of games where this works relative to like the effort required. <laughs> so, Triggers is also like that's actually kind of a cool. Okay, but Out Triggers is a, is a shooter, so you play that on land, so you can play that right now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but now you can actually play it over fight <laughs> or not well, now, but in the near future. So that, that okay, now that's the part that we want to talk about. So in the latest update on Blue Miner's Patreon. The way that they're doing this is that they're integrating a lobby system into Flycast. So there's a specific window that opens up that allows you to challenge people, right? So you select all the people you want to send a challenge to, and you select the game, and then all those people get sent to challenge, and it creates the session, right? So that's that's kind of how you're going to be able to interact with it uh, without going through Fightcade. Um, if you want to check it out, it is patreon.com slash blueminder, I want to say, is this thing. And you can you can check out how it's going, and you can see some screenshots. You can look at Blue Miner's Twitter; it's there as well. Um, but yeah, Blue uh, Flycast with rollback is essentially getting its own front end to do matchmaking, uh, to, to you know link you up with your friends outside of Fightgate. So it this could be kind of had that to an extent, like it had the the matching code. Yeah, it has the match code system, which is also Fightgate uses the match code like back end to do its thing. But um, this is now more like directly like people have profiles and stuff like uh, you can set your name and you can have like a picture and it shows what games that you want to play and all that stuff. So there's a you know, there's a there's a very uh, more there's a much more advanced approach for this particular uh, thing. It's surprisingly involved. <laughs> but yeah, quite, quite. Um, uh, while, while we're talking about uh, rollback and front ends for games. Um, some crazy person is making a front oh. end for EF Eternal Fighter Zero Revival. Who it's another thing that? that happened since our last show. Oh, who crazy would do that? To touch that game in particular. That game God. is weird. Oh, what crazy person does? Yeah, I hear they're adding all kinds of cool game. features to uh, Eternal Fighter Zero, like uh, the replay mechanic uh, originated oh, from no. Guilty Gear Plus oh, R. Don't say that. Don't say and that. You can just view they're hitboxes gonna, now. It's they're gonna sick. kill me. Saying these things, <laughs> is it all that stuff in revival? To be yeah, it is. Quiz? Yeah, like, it is. To, but you have to memorize like 80 keybinds. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah the like a billion keybinds. Yeah, so um, I guess let's talk about it. Uh, I've been cooking up the Eternal Fighter Zero version of Concerto, which is you know a front end for these weird poverty games. Um, it works for Actress again, and now it's working for Eternal Fighter Zero, where you can connect to a lobby and play your friends, and you can spectate and just kind of have a very traditional experience for the game that kind of updates the look and feel of certain things. So to get to that part, Eternal Fighter Zero Revival, which is like the fan caster for that game. Um, actually, Mav doesn't like it when I say caster about things that are it's not, not a CC caster. caster it's not a caster. Because it's not. But, you know, everyone. That's like, the, that's like the common word now. So sorry. But um, let's see. It's not a caster. Yeah. So... Like, there's a lot of options. There's the ability to view hitboxes. There's the ability to view collision. There's the ability to view frame data. You can watch a replay, and then you can take over the replay, uh, which is a thing that Guilty Gear Plus R got, which people obviously really love, and has is also in the upcoming Breakers collection as well, is what I understand. Um, so, the, but the, this was like the game the the mod that originated that idea and really planted it in people's brains so um i actually don't know if that 
I'd have to ask if that came from somewhere else, right? Like if they came up with that idea from elsewhere, if there's other examples. The first game I remember seeing that in was Dota 2 of all things. Oh, maybe, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the inspiration is like outside of fighting games. Um, that was kind of a big thing where you could, that's a much more, in, well, with a lot more moving parts. But you could like just watch a replay and be like, well, what if I did this? And then would that have, like, would I have died or not? And you can just kind of mess with it from there. And it was really, really well. There's actually a lot of stuff in that game that I wish other games did. Yeah. It's getting like way off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what else? Um, so we're, I'm currently working on getting a, a working version. Actually, there is now a working version. Go to the Eternal Fighter Zero Discord if you want that, um, because it is in very early days. Uh, it, it basically works for all the net play functions. You can join a lobby, you can challenge people, you can spectate those things, and it, it, it has a basic level of error detection, so if you can't connect to somebody because you time out your connection or whatever, it'll, it'll tell you, uh, which makes it all a little more simple because... Like the very first version that I put out there, like didn't tell you if the, your connection timed out or something. And so people thought that the application didn't work. No, it's just literally your connection does not let you connect to this person. So that, that stuff got in there and people have been using it on and off. It's, it's working well. Um, I actually need to uh, finish a server aside update uh, before the end of this month uh, because it's running on like a free tier of a company service that will be phased out at the end of this month. So I need to move it to the paid plan that I'm already using. So I need to update that side of the thing. Um, but that's just like, you know, just work that needs to be done. Uh, other things that are going to be included right now, I finished doing like the, the model side of um, the battle log viewer. So something that exists in like, actors again also does this, but in, in uh, Eternal Fighter Zero, it's like a much more robust system. There's like a log which shows you like the match, how long it took, what the score was and the characters. And there's like a bot in discord that you can give those logs to. And it'll like, you can like send it commands and it'll tell you like your statistical win rate versus a certain player or versus a certain character in a matchup or something. But like, you have to be connected to the internet to access it. So having an offline version of that would be nice. So that's something I started working on. Um, just model and i wrote the part where it like generates all the data from the log file now i just need to create the front end like the the visualization all the interfaces that that show you all that data um but once those things are done for the most part it's good to ship thankfully it was not that complicated of a project because a lot of what was already done for actors again can be modified to work there um and so mostly just getting information from testers and stuff um once again there are people from japan from the efc side who are playing with it uh which is always really funny because when when we did concerto for actions again there were there were japanese players who were who were on there um they seem to they seem to like it uh so that happens and uh i i'm currently on on several projects right now but uh there will at least be one more update to that before the end of this month because i have to and then this will be 100 percent done before the end of the year which is what i originally planned like sometime this year it was going to be done um and it's already kind of in like that final stage of just like you know building the features that are unique to efz and really making it work the one thing that efz has is a lot of settings so i need to go back and make it a little easier to parse all those settings ideally you can bring up like a list of all the keys and you can like not have to scroll through the big text file that tells you all everything that you can do 
um, stuff like that. But yeah, if you're interested in that stuff, there's no web page or anything yet because it's just so early. But go to the EFC Discord, uh, pick yourself up a copy of the game, and uh, start playing with people, and then you can grab the lobby client if you want to try it out. That's pretty much it. It's smoked by these grindlers who've been playing this game for 20 years. Yeah, you can go play that game. It's good. It is a good game, but it's also it's one of those games I wish I like. You know, you know how a lot of people got their first touch, like their first taste of like an old air quotes Guilty Gear game playing plus R recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, try, give EFZ. A, I will like, say, put that in your mouth. Okay, if, if you're an SNK bit. fan, if you like, you it. should play EFZ. If you like KOF, play EFZ. If you like, like, if you're one of those people who's like, I love anime, but I also play KOF, EFZ is very SNK inspired. Like, All right. Eternal Fighter Zero is the Nico Nico Doga medley of fighting games. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of funny because both the original Melty Blood and the original Eternal Fighter Zero um, came out around the same time. They're yeah, they're contemporaries. 2002, yeah. yeah. And honestly, EFC is a much better game. Yes. <laughs> At least not like. It really EFC, is. Well, Melty Blood improved a lot, but that was also over years and years of updates. EFC had what? One major update? Yep, they had yeah. one update, and then they kind of just abandoned it to work on the Toho games. Which you know what, I don't blame them. And those like, are bangers I would too. Love to see an update. Yeah, they became the the official Toho fan game company. It's all fine. And you they made one Madoka game. You get hit by mystery jelly once, and then you sit there and think, which decision should you have made? You shouldn't have booted the game up. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny you mentioned KOF because those are both games that I kind of wish I had spent more time learning. In the past. No, dude, like, like, it seems like I would have liked them, but now it's like... There's so many, like, little SNK references. There's there's characters that just straight up have, like, their archetype is, like, based on, like, a KOF character. Like, like if you like SNK games, like, EFZ is very fanservice-y about its, like, like its inspirations. It always felt like there's a lot of Guilty Gear stuff in the game as well. I think that's also... There is a character who is Milia with uh, a Demon Flip, Air Demon Flip, Dive Kick, and Aegis Reflector. Yeah, there's a lot of... They, all, all the character archetypes in those games are like... Yeah, okay, so they got all these tools, but they're even more fucked up now. So, have fun. And then one of the characters is just a Sam Show character with air dashes. And yep. she's actually one of the more messed up characters because... She can drop all the combos and you still die. Yep. Just land through your abs, you're dead. Yeah. Or just hit you with three, with three fierces and then you're just dead. Like, yep. Yeah, hitboxes. EFC is a, a cool game. So you should check it out. Um I don't I don't know what the future of the project looks like after we I finish that, but I'm sure I'll find something to do next year. But let's let me not make early promises or no anything. no stop finding things to do no 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 no, 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 no. it's fun it's nice oh we'll find plenty of stuff for you to do this stuff other yeah, yeah you guys we'll will you guys it. will you guys will yeah we'll do it but you need to not go out of your way to do it yeah you might be right you already that. got it like oh that, that reminds me of one other let's talk about the other thing you've been working on recently fgc uh, network let's talk about it do we want to talk about it okay sure we can talk about it yeah let's talk about because this is actually kind of important in a way um yeah so if you guys don't know people um, have been following the news recently twitter is being coming a shit show and it's only getting worse yeah 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 twitter is a bit of a mess um so a lot of us in the the scene have talked about for a long time about doing uh a server 
of what's called the Fediverse is what people call it. Um, you probably have heard the, the application name Mastodon thrown around a lot in the past few weeks as Elon Musk uh, has a great time uh, burning pretty much every core tenant of Twitter. Um, and I and I have a lot of opinions on that, but like the main thing is like if people decide that they're done with Twitter, the issue is that very few platforms offer metrics. Very few, uh, like it or not, our community is very dependent on visibility, like being able to find each other, being able to you know retweet something and have a lot of accounts see it, like tournaments and and event registration and fundraisers and charity, all these things, right? They depend on visibility, and the issue is that if Twitter goes in a direction that is undermining those things right which i mean the thing is like the first thing that we heard about was like oh yeah the new paid verification system is going to be the default if you're not paying for twitter you're you know your tweets are essentially hidden like that stuff hurts the community and the discovery that we kind of rely on implicitly um so people are very interested in having an out right a, a different way to connect with those TOs or or figures that they that they listen to. Um, it's, it was a funny paradox of Twitter because the fact that Twitter in general was so flat, like a tweet from myself was treated the same as a tweet from LeBron James, at, or roughly the same as a tweet from President Biden. Yeah, that they I, would I, all if they all showed up on the timeline. They all showed up on timeline. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was it. the introduction like, the introduction the of the. Um, of, Twitter how flat it was but it also made it made it harder to monetize well I mean there was the introduction of the algorithmic timeline like the for you stuff which you know I think a lot of people in our community don't like right because like I, I think I I don't know if there's a general perception that people don't like that stuff but I think at least in the FGC people don't like it because it recommends them just like shit posts instead of like like tournament posts and you know like like, like news and like, a, like it like it just doesn't yeah, add like people really want are up to yeah it doesn't yeah, really add like, like substantive content i think people in this little niche they they want like stuff of substance um, oh, not to say that they're against memes either but it's just it's, yeah it's, it's like, like you have like to the, the algorithmic like, timeline is going to be all the hot takes it's going to be all the hot takes and shitters because we're all shitters like yeah, yeah, exactly. all our own individual shitters yeah, I mean that's kind of it's kind of in its own way, it's kind of worse than a couple is in the FGC because people here are to an extent combated by nature. If you're if you weren't gonna do that, you'd be playing fighting games. Plus, we're all grind lords. And, yeah, and not to say that 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 not that doesn't excuse shitty behavior, but it's all like you're just naturally gonna get more pushback. Yeah, I mean, the thing that that happens is that the community needs to have a different way to discover its content if if things go south right for the platform and and the thing is like you think about like okay well what about instagram what about tumblr what about facebook the thing is that those those companies well over a decade ago all came out and said yeah we've been lying this entire time about our numbers like the facebook video thing that happened and then the facebook pages like it's been dispelled for a long time now that those platforms will get you information out there they are yeah, echo chambers all, like they are closed circles that that do not you know give you natural organic engagement like you have to pay them to give you advertising and what you get is just like a bunch of inorganic bot follows and likes and stuff so like those are not real viable alternatives and then there's another class of alternative that comes out where it's like stuff like co-hosts things like you know uh all these other competitive apps that come out and that their pitch is 
oh, there's no numbers on our platform. We don't show how many, you know, likes this has or how many retweets this has or how many followers this account has or the other. There's no competition. There's no algorithm. But the thing is, like, that also denies you the ability to easily discover something. In particular, I think a lot of platforms now are getting rid of text search, the ability to just search for things because their position on it is that it's anti-harassment, right? People can't just type in a search bar and find, you know, things that they want to dogpile on, right? And that's... A, it's also a resource that's a, Yes, and it's also very technically challenging. I mean, sure. I mean, let's assume for a minute that that's not the reason, right? I don't want a bad faith argument, people, because I always kind of have that in the back of my mind. It's like, are you actually just not implementing because it's, it's, you know, convenient or it's because it's, like, too hard? Like, but I don't want to, you know, talk to people in bad faith about things like that. So... The those platforms are are cool. I mean, I like. I I named out Coas. I think it's a cool site. It's, it's fine, right? But the thing is, like, our community does depend on having numbers visible. You need to know how many people can follow this account. You you need to have you need to have the ability to find out about events or just like plug in, search for your weird obscure game that you want, right? Like search. If you can't search for those things, I don't know if things, we need the numbers, but we do need to be able to search for these things and be able to have them come up organically. Unfortunately, on the unfortunately for numbers, well, the, you the do. Numbers are definitely are important. Like especially, well, the numbers like, are important for, from for our standpoint. Yeah, yeah, like for, nothing about it from our from an organizational like, standpoint. Yeah, it matters a lot more. Our FGC and organizations. It not being a fundamental feature is like wow, like okay, so I don't know that five thousand people actually viewed my video or whatever once yeah. we put out our teaser like that. That tells us, like, well, are we yeah, just going works? to guess on our event this year? Yeah, and just it's hope very that we difficult. Have yeah, it's yeah. very difficult for anyone to to really reach people on these kinds of anti-algorithm, anti-discovery platforms. So the That's other the nice thing about Mastodon, yeah. So let's talk about Federate, Federate and those metrics, but there's no algorithm. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, federated social networks basically treat your your social media as your email. You, you choose where your profile lives and then you can interact with people no matter where they are, right? So it's like sending an email. You, you may sign up for Gmail, right? But you can send to your friend over there who uses Hotmail, right? For example, or that other person who hosts their own email address, right? And they all talk to each other and you can all communicate. It's the exact same thing with social media. You post something and it goes out to all these networks and then the more networks that it knows about, the more posts you can see. And so this creates discoverability right just because people interacting with each other grows that network of people and then it it also still shows you how many followers you have how many people you're following how many people have interacted with a post how many people have shared it right it, it adds those numbers but like you said algorithms are not at the the bottom of that right like it's all an ordered timeline which i think in the fgc people like um and there are kind of algorithms being introduced, like Mastodon in particular. Like now they're doing like, oh, here's the trending hashtags or here's like the most shared links for over a certain period of time. Like there are some kinds of ways that they're trying to make popular content rise to the top. But for the most part, it's it's very anti-algorithm, but it still gives you numbers. So, so that's a good place to be. The thing about the... Fediverse is what it's called, is that there are some certain differences in implementation. In particular, search is important because Mastodon does not let you search by arbitrary text. It only lets you search by hashtag. So if you want to see 
all the info about ggst for example you do have to you have to look up hashtag ggst this creates a little bit of a, of a discoverability problem in my opinion because if people don't hashtag their things you're never going to find them and also which people are terrible at doing yeah, it. they get offended are, if you hashtag them for them exactly people are terrible at that but also like there's so much jargon and terminology that we use that you can't hashtag them all, right? Like, it looks ridiculous if you were to hashtag Okizeme, right, for example, on every single thing that you were sharing that's like a setup, right? So that's not great. Mastodon is growing. They have explosive growth. People have been using that software for their communities for years and years. Uh, there are alternatives out there like PixelFed, which is kind of more focused on like photos there's peer tube which is focused on videos um and then there's networks like fgc.network which is based on a software called pleroma uh it is basically mastodon with some extra features in particular text search so you can just search for something and you can find it by text i find that important so we have it um and it supports most of Mastodon's features. So if you're like, what the fuck is Mastodon? What is the Fediverse? What do I do? And, and you care about fighting games, or at least you think fighting game people are cool, then you can join FGC.network. We don't, you don't have to talk about fighting games there. It's like, yeah, fighting game community, open parentheses, everyone posts about Mahjong and posts like pictures of food. That's, that's what we do. Hopefully artists come back over there. So that way. Yeah. And there's artists. I follow a lot of artists uh, on the platform as well. That's the, that's the thing with Mastodon. You don't they don't have to be on that server to follow them. It's, yeah, and if if you so know that, somebody who has like a server, you know, like they 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 have their a lot of people are on like Mastodon.social now, which is like the big main kind of server. Like if you know somebody who has an account there and you you still want to hang out with us over here, you can make your account and you can just type in user at Mastodon.social just like an email and you can follow them and then you'll start seeing yeah. their posts and it's you just, can like you it to, and comment it or know, whatever. No, you have to search for the username at their host yeah yeah and yeah but you have to know that yeah like the, so so there that. is a so certain part the most obvious like it works well honestly and i appreciate like i can go to different mastodon instances like if i go to like gamedev.place and then like i can you can read the public timeline it's all indie game developers and that's cool you go to powu and it is all japanese anime artists and it is horny as hell yeah. uh but you can do that and then you can if you want to follow specific people on the on those sites you can do that from your from the account here or on the main Mastodon site or on another instance wherever you want yeah um, so um but you have to that, that's the people are like oh it's not gonna be the next twitter it doesn't that's not the point i mean i think like First of all, if, if you want to see what the site is about, check out join.fgc.network. That's kind of like the landing page. That's where you can see kind of an explanation. And we wrote, I wrote up a bunch of articles explaining just like different parts of it. Like if you're from Twitter, like how to make your timeline look more like Twitter. Some some things that you might notice, what we recommend using for apps and stuff. So, you know, if, if you want to make the transition easy, check that that out. Um, also, like, you know, if the direction of, of Twitter is directly harmful to discoverability. Like there is almost no major platform left that has legitimate, you know, like 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 you said, equal level playing field for people who just want to make posts and 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 share content, right? Like it just does not happen anymore. Like everything is driven by algorithms that at several intersections in the past have been proven to just be complete bullshit and pay for play. Right, and, and we, that would yeah, hurt the, us. 
So that that was what was important about Twitter, the networking, and that's why a lot of not just us, but a lot of companies and brands used it. It wasn't even for the direct marketing or engagement, because Twitter is kind of bad at that. But it was you know getting that organic growth out, you know, because it felt in a way it, this is going to be weird to say, but it was more legitimate. So you had a viral tweet on Twitter, like that was a much more organic thing than it would be on, say, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. To to bring back Nikkei, our running theme for the episode, like that video of Salan laughing at the butt in that game, uh, made that game kind of blow up in the English sphere in a way it probably wouldn't have otherwise. And they didn't have to pay for that. Yeah, it's no, the, it was free. I mean, it, it did for I mean, the, for the sponsored stream, but the, yeah, they, going they, viral, they did not. But that's yeah, they they didn't pay Twitter for the sponsored stream. They paid Niji Sanji and YouTube. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's difficult, right? And so, like, at least it, I think people have kind of wishwash between a couple different things. Like, one is Twitter gonna go down, which could still happen, <laughs> or is Twitter gonna lose all their advertising revenue by inviting a bunch of people onto the platform that are literally just poison for advertisers, right? And so there's a lot of existential threats. And if Twitter is just, you wake up one day and you open the Bird app and it just does not open, one, you'll probably breathe a sigh of relief, but also you'll probably be wondering how you connect with anyone, right? Because, I mean, a lot of us are in fighting game discords, right? But, like, that's only a part of it. Like, how do you find anything else outside of those circles? And so yeah, it's like how do how would I connect with like the indie game developers that I'm following on Twitter? You know, how do I if, follow all the random like sports reporters that I follow on Twitter? How do I follow all the the manga and doujin artists that I follow? Where, where am I going to get all this these, anime? TV? These, like, these these people in this call with me, besides besides myself, with the VTubers. Yeah, all the VTubers that we follow. It's like we, how am I going to follow my Oshi? Twitter dies. Exactly. So like you know, I mean. There's a lot of issues with these other platforms that are coming out. I've been I've been aware and very informed about the Fediverse for a long time. I was never really convinced uh, that it was the answer, that there was some big reason to switch. As somebody who's who used to write software that would run on top of these things, it it just it was a it was a subject of my own research for a long time. But the thing is, like now, all the 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 competitors that exist, the people who are trying to get a piece of that pie that Twitter is is freeing up, they're all very they're going very anti discoverability, and I think that's bad for 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 like communities like ours. Um, so you know, if you if you think fighting games are cool, if you think Ryu from Streets is a cool guy, that's really it. Just you know, be nice. We've got a very ex- extensive set of support articles, and you know, we've got our terms and conditions and code of conduct and, and you know we're trying to do a good thing over there so if you don't know anything about fediverse or, or whatever you don't know what that is and you want to start building your network right then then you can it, it's open to sign up it's always there um, i've been doing a ton of work personally i still have a ton of work to do uh to expand uh, server resources and optimize things and just make things more stable um so you know you should have no issue signing up now we had a lot of issues signing up because like Thousands of people have signed up. We're at plus three k now users, and those are all real users because we have to. We had a, the verification process was not working for a very long time, but it works now. <laughs> uh, so those thousands of people are authentic. They're there. They're posting. They're hanging out, and uh, yeah, I mean we're there as well. Nine five six productions at fgc.network. So if you want to follow us from over there, 
uh, whatever we post on Twitter will be over there as well. All right. So I'm a million years old. I know what a five fierce combo is, and I've used the phrase neck kick organically when talking oh, about no. a fighting game. <laughs> how, how is Mastodon different from uh, Usenet groups? Um, can you access Usenet from a phone? You can indeed. Okay, well, that's not one. Um, you it's a lot easier to cross-reference stuff on Mastodon. Yeah. Uh, you cross-reference users. You can't share piracy. That's the difference. Okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there are, like, Usenet things on, on like, there the app store. That's crazy that to me. still use that, yeah. I mean, I don't... I'm not exactly doubting you or anything. I'm just like, wow. There really are apps for everything. Yeah. As as the, there, as a wise man apps. once said, oh, 100%. I think Gopher is less surprising to me. I think Usenet is more of a surprise to me. Yeah, because Gopher is nothing else very standalone. Like you can just set it up and it's there. Anyway, let's not let's not scare scare our audience talking about these things. We're a bunch of boomers. Who cares? <laughs> well, you're, I guess you're lesser a boomer. I'm a definitely. Oh, I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do we have any other topics to cover before we we give it a wrap? I mean, we already covered more than we planned. Way more than we planned. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, somehow this is only an hour and a half. I mean, I guess an hour and a half is a good place to cut. Anyway, that's been the TO Desk. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Again, we are on YouTube.com uh, slash at 956productions. We do have the at, uh, or you can go to 956pro.com slash YouTube to watch these episodes. Uh, we will have this one up on podcast platforms. Look forward to that. And again, check out twitter.com for now slash 956productions to well, find out more can. about Vortex Gallery yeah, Online 2023. Again, registration is open right now uh, for our early lineup. It is going to be start.gg slash Vortex Gallery. Look forward to more information very soon. You can, you can follow us on Mastodon now as well at fgc.network slash 956productions. Yes, I should do. And fgc.network slash 956productions. You want to check that out. And that's pretty much going to be it from us, guys. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Yeah, good night. Later. He's out, y'all.